Ladies and gentlemen, this is The Forward Curve. Hello and welcome to The Forward Curve, the weekly podcast covering the commodity markets and the global economy. Brought to you by Gold Street Advisors, the independent research and advisory firm. Today, we'll jump into the fray and provide our take on the potential for rising inflation in our economy. I'm Christian Klavodetcher, and joining me will be our chief analyst, Robin Barr. So Robin, let's go ahead and talk about the economic phenomenon that dare not speak its name. Thanks, Christian. The uh, economist Milton Friedman famously said inflation is always and everywhere a monetary phenomenon in the sense that it can be produced only by a more rapid increase in the quantity of money uh, rather than in output. We are currently engaged in a test of this proposition. For the last decade, central bankers in the US, the Eurozone, Japan, the UK and China have been pumping their economies with massive amounts of money without inciting inflation. A comeback in inflation is no less likely because it has been absent for the past 30 years. Hmm. So those of us who remember the 1970s <laughs> have pretty horrid memories of what rampant inflation can do to an advanced economy. But then in the late aughts, we had the stimulus programs to deal with the Great Recession that, contrary to the mm -hmm. very earnest predictions of some, did nothing to spur inflation. And it's been a complete non-issue, as you mentioned a moment ago, in the years since. What's the difference this time? Well, for one thing, um, nobody's wearing flares. You know, they were, they, were quite, they were quite popular, I seem to remember. So that's, that's one difference. But uh, joking aside, um, conditions right now really do appear ripe for US inflation and inflation elsewhere to overshoot 2%, the level that the, uh, the Fed has gauged as consistent with its mandate, its mandate of keeping inflation under control, but also growing employment. Under its new approach, uh, however, unveiled last year, the Fed has signaled it would tolerate an overshoot of the target for a period of time to compensate for persistently low inflation, or in some cases, perhaps uh, no inflation. Until recently, investors dismissed the idea of a rapid recovery, believing that the recession led to significant scarring and a return to normality would take time. The pace of the recovery has therefore flummoxed most market participants. A V-shaped recovery is still the most likely outcome, as COVID-19 was an exogenous shock The damage to the private sector's risk appetite would be limited, as the theory goes. We also had a policy response that was timely, sizable, and coordinated, helping to lay the foundation for a speedy recovery. I see. What's the expectation for recouping the lost output in the U.S. economy due to COVID? By most estimates, by the third quarter of this year, the U.S. economy will recoup its lost output and rise above its path before the COVID shock. Economists have upped their projections for growth to incorporate the impact They've raised their 2021 forecast for U.S. economic growth to 7.3% from 6.5%, a pace unsurpassed since the Korean War boom. And in fact, the OECD just a few days ago more than doubled their 2021 U.S. growth forecast as it incorporated the latest aid package. Mm. So presumably as the demand surges, so will inflationary pressures, right? 
That's right. But the question is, will this be a transitory phenomenon or lead to a more sustained rise? It could be argued that the driving forces of inflation are already aligned and a regime shift is underway. The change in the conduct of fiscal policy is quite pronounced. This time, active fiscal policy has gone well beyond filling the output hole. Today, US households have lost $490 billion in income, but have received $1.3 trillion in transfers and perhaps more to come. By all accounts, fiscal policy will be markedly more expansionary in this cycle, bringing with it an inflationary impulse. Right. So what you're saying is that policy change at the Federal Reserve is key here. Yes. Typically, inflation meets its match in the form of monetary tightening, so the Fed raising rates. But the Fed has recast its objectives, moving, as we've heard, to a flexible average inflation targeting and aiming for maximum employment that achieves a more broad-based and inclusive goal. In other words, policymakers are targeting a high-pressure economy, allowing it perhaps to run hot for a while, an environment that has its benefits but clearly is not without costs. The price to pay will likely be high interest rates. Right. So to finish up here, if you would uh, identify the specific elements we're looking at that might make meaningful inflation a real possibility for us. Okay, uh, let's take this step by step. So uh, number one, U.S. households will have an excess savings war chest of $2.1 trillion by the end of March. Vaccination efforts are ramping up and the economy is on the path to reopening more broadly within the next month or two. The recovery is gaining significant momentum and is poised to take GDP growth to 7.3% this year. If households feel more confident, excess saving will be drawn down at a faster rate, generating a further surge in demand. Number two, and a more technical issue, is assessing the rate of US unemployment that would trigger inflationary pressures. Economists term this the natural rate of unemployment. Every recession triggers restructuring. This time, the restructuring has been rapid, yet policymakers are striving to get back to lower rates of unemployment at a faster pace than previously. Inflationary pressure could therefore emerge at a higher unemployment rate than in the past cycle. For now, with inflation and unemployment far from its goals, the Fed can still convince investors that rate rises will be late and gradual. However, the challenge is that the recovery will be rapid and progress towards its goals will come sooner than the central bank expects. When it does, markets will reassess the path of monetary policy, but will probably face less pushback from the Fed, leading perhaps to more volatility. If inflation and inflation expectations uh, overshoot significantly, most Fed officials and watchers suggest that it can act quickly to nip inflation in the bud. While this may be true, at that point, the rate rises will not be gradual, perhaps leading to stagflation or recession inflation. A situation in which the inflation rate is high, the economic growth rate slows, and unemployment remains high. So we get back to a situation which we alluded to right at the beginning, the 1970s. So 
case of deja vu, perhaps, or not. Something that likely needs to be said here is that inflation is not always a bad thing, and its occurrence is a natural and necessary part of a properly functioning economy. And if we do look back to the 1970s, one needs to remember that when the OPEC oil embargo hit, the exogenous economic event of the time, interest rates were already rather high, as was unemployment. At least this time around, both interest rates and unemployment were at historic lows when COVID hit. And it appears that the repair of the damage done to the economy by the coronavirus epidemic will be achieved far quicker than it took to recover from the oil embargo of 1973 and the restructuring of the world oil market that took place in its wake. That said, we know that they're going to be too much of a good thing, and we'll have to see how a rebounding economy, flush with cash, performs in the months ahead. I want to thank Robin for joining me today, and I also thank you for joining us. Please be sure to subscribe to The Forward Curve on your favorite podcast platform. I'm Christian Klavodetcher, and on behalf of the Gold Street Advisors team, I thank you for listening. And remember, always keep an eye and ear on The Forward Curve.